Mr. Angel, my client, Monsieur Louis Sattar. Do you by chance remember the name Johnny Favorite? My interest is only in finding out if he's alive or if he's dead. You want me to check it out? I'm a private detective paid to snoop around. He's dead, Mr. Angel. Well, you know what they say about slugs. They always leave slime in their tracks. Are you afraid? Yeah, I'm afraid. I'm a murder suspect already in two cases. Did you kill him? No, but the cops might think I did. The Prince of Darkness protects the powerful. The egg is the symbol of the soul. Did you know that? feeling I've met you before. All right, everybody, welcome back to another day of, of Uncle Dad talking about horror movies with his friends uh, and past guests, I should say. But, you know, all past guests are my friends. I, that's how I like to look at it. And uh, today I have another lovely guest, uh, a beautiful human being. I've only met him technically once in person, and uh, it was one of the greatest experiences I've had with an individual. Seriously, I really mean that. Uh, I really do mean that, yeah. Uh, I like to, this man here. Uh, we, you know, we had him in a most recent Comic Con episode. He's back on to talk about his favorite horror movie. So let's give it up for Chris Wisnia, or in my opinion, a better looking James Franco. <laughs> woo, 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 woo! Thank you. You like that? Thank you, everyone. <laughs> What's up, man? How are you? I'm doing great. That's good. Uh, so I'm very excited. You have so far have probably given me. The most unique film, I would say, out of all the other guests. Because I think all the other guests, great choices, right? Great choices like Halloween, Coraline, um, what else do we got? You know, the, the, the usual suspects of horror, right? Which is fine. But your choice, I thought, was so special and unique. And I think you're probably going to be able to explain it better than I can. So what was your horror film choice? Angel Heart, 1987, directed by Alan Parker, starring Mickey Rourke with uh, an unforgettable cameo by Robert De Niro mm -hmm. and uh, a controversial Denise Huxtable. <laughs> oh, that's right. That is Denise Huxtable. <laughs> that is right. Yes, Angel Heart was your choice. Now, before we kind of dive into to that, um, what well, – actually, I guess let me ask you this. What is What defines a good horror movie to you? Oh, boy. <laughs> I don't know if I can answer that, um, but I, I can tell you all, all the little things that made this really special to me. And okay. um, it, it starts from when I was a little kid growing up. Uh, my parents kind of, you know, didn't have, quote, tastes in, in okay. film and cinema. And they they I feel like kind of limited me to uh vapid comedies and um so i i didn't have a lot of um 
you know, experience or excitement about films. And I didn't really enjoy films that much. Um, all, all growing up, you know, I, I saw the classic action films and, and, you know, that, that was about it, uh, for, for my excitement. And so when I went off to college, um, I realized there, there were these worlds out there that I had never even known existed. And this movie Angel Heart was, was one of my early college experiences of realizing how awesome and, uh, shocking and uh you know just really crazy that that uh cinema can be and um the the elements of horror you know it, it it's under the guise of a film noir with with the private detective as as the main protagonist um and and so that that aspect of mystery i think works great uh, for a horror, you know, you look at the old '60s Italian slasher films, and so many of them came out of those old detective stories. And um, the the idea that it it had voodoo and Satanism and and uh, you know really horrific violence and yeah. and really graphic sex, uh, mm-hmm. it it was just thrilling to me to to see. I, I all of this in, in one package, not to mention a fantastic uh, movie director and fantastic acting uh, all around. So, yeah. And uh, you know, one of the things I like to ask every guest is before we dive too much into it is could you give a summary of the plot line of the movie in your words? Yeah. Um, I wasn't sure if, if you want me going all the way to the end or if, if we're trying to titillate people to want to see this. To titillate people. Because my thing is like, yes, uh, most of the movies that have been selected, I think most people have seen. But maybe they haven't. And I will only give them that, that ability to go out there and listen to it. And then, sorry, listen to this and then go watch it. Yeah, because I, I think one of the other super exciting aspects of this film for me also is uh, the the twists and turns. And I wouldn't say that they're not predictable, but yeah. even knowing the outcome for me is so much fun. Basically, yeah. uh, Mickey Rourke is a is kind of a down and out private detective uh, in New York who's scraping up a living. And the immaculately dressed, immaculately manicured Robert De Niro uh, meets with him and says uh, it, it's a missing persons case, basically, of a famous singer. Uh, it's a period piece. This is in the 50s. It was a famous singer of the 50s, a crooner, who uh, had a contract with Robert De Niro. And uh, this singer became famous and basically ducked out on the contract so uh, Robert De Niro wants to find out if he's still alive, and if he is, would like to uh, get things settled on that contract. So Mickey Rourke begins investigating, and uh, wherever he goes and meets people that he thinks he might get information, those people are horrifically murdered before they are able to give him any helpful information and uh small clues he gets slowly lead him uh 
you know, down this path of uh, basically heading out to New Orleans, where he finds a crazy voodoo cult, and he realizes there's a lot of Satanism going on. And uh, I don't know if more than that needs to be said, right? I think it's pretty perfect, yeah. Uh, yeah, you're making me want to watch it again. Big <laughs> man. Uh, add add but, to that, uh, Alan Parker's just beautiful uh, yeah. d- direction and uh, his his imagery is filled with these, these amazing uh, shadows, you know, mm-hmm. crazy hallways and churches and uh houses and uh crazy imagery of ceiling fans creaking and elevators that that are just rickety and clanging and uh it's a really unsettling atmosphere oh absolutely i think it's one of those films that really kind of showed that we can make horror film in a very smart and different way Right. Um, and in yeah. some ways, it almost, it almost even sets up like the idea. Cause I, if I remember correctly, what year did you say it came out again? I'm sorry, 80? 87. 87. So that would have been roughly almost what, 10 years before seven, the movie seven, right? I think. Yeah. It was well before. Okay. Yes. Well before. Yeah. See, so, and I say that because I feel like that was the last time we've seen, like, at least in my opinion, a, a neo noir <laughs> horror film. Would you kind of agree with that? It you know um, I don't even know if everyone would consider this a horror film, but I I certainly do. Uh, it, it it's a psychological thriller, you could argue, right? Um, sure. Yeah, but I think the and, detail, right? The graphic detail of things. Mm-hmm. So that probably makes like it the horror aspect because it's on Fangoria's even like a list of horror movies to watch. So. Hmm. <laughs> yeah. Um, I am curious, uh, when you watched it, were you already, I mean, I know that you had said that you were kind of like discovering film. Did it make you become like a big fan of Mickey Rourke? So, um, he, he had a mystique about him. I, I grew up in the eighties, you know, and, and, uh, even though I hadn't really seen a lot of films, I, I was aware that he was kind of a, a sex object, you know, he, he was on the covers of, uh, magazines and things and uh i i was very intrigued by him and i i find him i i don't always care for his choices in films but i'm always just uh rapturously bewitched sure. by his presence on screen as as am i with uh robert de niro I, I think they're they're both. I I just can't take my eyes off either of them, and and to see them both on screen interacting. You know, so many people say, "Oh, when Pacino and De Niro have have that one scene together," it, you know, yeah. But I don't know, Mickey Rourke and De Niro. That's really something to me more so than Pacino and him. They they were still young, you know. They were still young and sexy. uh, Especially Mickey Rourke. That was before everything happened to him. (laughs) Yeah, because he. For those of you out there who aren't Mickey Rourke fans, he uh, wasn't real interested in acting, and uh, I think this was the last movie you still could recognize his pretty boy face because he started boxing professionally, which led to a lot of uh, facial reconstructive surgery. 
and he he actually looks a lot like he did in Sin City now. <laughs> oh man, Mickey Rourke, don't beat nobody up for that. <laughs> um, hey, but you know what? That was a powerful character, so that's a win. <laughs> that was another great film he was in, right? Oh, absolutely, absolutely. I think you know, talking about Mickey Rourke, my favorite Mickey Rourke movie. Um, I think honestly, and this is probably a gimme, is the wrestler. He's so good in the sure. wrestler. Yeah. I mean, oh my gosh, he just the the acting in that film was just top tier. And I think he did win the Oscar for that too, I think, right? If I remember correctly. Uh could be. Yeah, yeah, yeah I can't remember. Fantastic <laughs> film, Darren Aronofsky. Yep, yep, Darren Aronofsky, one of the greatest filmmakers to ever live, in my opinion. <laughs> um yeah, so okay, let's talk about uh Angel Heart a little bit. Uh I have some facts here that maybe you do or do not know. Would you like to find out? I'd love to. Okay, let's see here. Uh, I have so many I have here, so just give me a second. Um, While you pull up your facts, I'd like to talk about Alan Parker, the director, who uh, he he came out of the like maybe late '60s, early '70s British commercial scene, Mm -hmm. and he was uh, buddies with uh ridley scott who of course did alien and blade runner he was uh he came out of this kind of school with tony scott who did top gun and adrian line who did uh flash dance and fatal attraction all these guys you know they had a really slick amazing eye for visuals and um alan parker weirdly he did like Pink Floyd, The Wall, and uh, The Commitments, and Avida, and yep. he has such a bizarre, uh, you know, list of movies he created. He he's like the the odd man out. Where it's like, what what does he do? What is an Alan Parker movie? Re- really yeah. strange. I, first off, I'm glad you said all that because that was actually part of my facts. So thank you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, because it's because I found actually his his him very fascinating with his work and what he went to go do uh mississippi burning was probably one of my favorite things that he did Hmm. Uh, dude so good um but what i wanted to just kind of play a little game with you i guess if you will do you remember you you know the original uh rating that it had i i think it wasn't great initially i I think it was kind of a slow burn where people kind of went back sorry i mean like the um like the yeah yeah, this, this is this is a great one too is that it, it was submitted and mm-hmm. uh, they they gave it an, an NC-17, I believe, or was it just X? Well, it's just NC-17 X. hadn't uh, been created yeah. yet. Mm-hmm. And, and so they, they gave it an X and the, the movie company uh, refused to release it yep. uh, because it had this raunchy, bloody uh kind of demonically uh filled sex scene with lisa uh-huh. bonet and mickey rourke and it, it was a huge controversy so mm-hmm. uh the director wound up cutting 10 seconds 10 raunchy seconds out of the sex scene to to make it uh an r-rated movie and this was another reason as a child i i was kind of curious and fascinated by this movie because i'd heard about denise huxtable wanting to go do this movie and initially uh bill cosby at the cosby show saying okay uh you've got to do what you've got to do but later saying oh that was horrible you never should have done that or in so many words 
And uh, so <laughs> as, as a kid in the 80s, hearing about all this and wondering about, you know, what's going on here was it, it was it was a real uh, intriguing, uh, you know, apple from the Garden of Earthly Delights. <laughs> sure. I mean, that's probably almost as intriguing as like uh, Fast Times at Richmond High and what's your face from? Uh, <laughs> you know I mean? He's like, oh, my God, what happens? Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, uh, it is crazy hearing you say that about Bill Cosby because, you know, that's kind of like ironic. <laughs> like, oh, well, that's and a whole different story. <laughs> here's, here's a little trivia for you. When Please. I was in fifth grade, I was in magazines around the nation for Jello pudding with you? Bill Cosby. Yes. I, I, uh, my, my, quote, child actor career consisted of that magazine commercial and one television commercial. And uh, so I, I have a photo of myself as a kid with uh, an empty bowl of pudding with a spoon in it and a big smile because I enjoyed that pudding so much with Bill Cosby. What? I get it. Really. Oh, my God. Uh, I'm sure we told, I'm sure you've told that story before, but wow. That's just like, uh, wow. Uh, I have so many questions for you, but I don't even know what to say. About Please keep it to angel heart. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. That's a, that's a, okay. Um, that's really true. That really quick. That it really is true. True story. Wow. Okay. We are definitely going to, me and Mike are going to have you back on and we'll dive into that. A different day. You know, what's funny is I, <laughs> I had a feeling you were going to be very passionate about this with this film. So I was like, okay, I'm going to get these facts ready, but you, you beat me to it and I love it. So thank you. <laughs> but, but before we wrap this whole thing up, let's talk about you, uh, our friend here. Uh, Chris, you are a writer, drawer. How would you author? Yeah. You know what, what's the word you use? Uh, I, I just say comic book creator. Okay. <laughs> I, I write and uh, draw comics. Writer. Um, let's talk about what you got going on. Let's talk about what just came out and where can our audience buy it? Sure. Uh, I, I have a brand new book out from Fanagraphics called Doris Danger, Giant Monsters Amok. Uh, you can buy it on Amazon or direct from Fanagraphics' website. And now can you kind of tell us like, it has a very unique look to it. Now, for those who didn't listen to our Comic-Con episode, we do talk about it in there. But if you, you know, they can hear about it here too as well. So kind of tell us about the book if you don't mind. Yeah, um, I've been doing this character for 20 years. Um, Doris Danger is an homage and parody of the old uh, Marvel comics before they invented the Marvel superheroes. Uh, they, they were dabbling in whatever they thought could sell. They did war and Western and romance comics, and they had this bizarre uh, subgenre of horror comics uh, the giant monster in underpants comics and uh, Jack Kirby and Stan Lee and Steve Ditko uh, created all these crazy monsters with kind of uh, humanoid flat teeth and humanoid fingernails, no, no fangs, no claws. And uh, they were usually uh, invaders from another planet uh, bent on enslaving all mankind or Maybe they were a scientist who took a port potion because he wanted a girlfriend to love him more. Uh, they, they were truly ridiculous and unscary stories. 
probably kind of published uh, hoping to make a quick buck off of dumb kids. And uh, I, I am parodying and homaging uh, this genre out of, out of just love and fascination. Um, in, I, I was trying to capture the way you feel thinking back about something you love so much as a kid as awful as it is. I, I wanted to make Doris Danger as just magically amazing and as awful as you remembered it. I love it. I love it, man. Yeah, we got to uh, talk about it. You showed it to us and it is very unique and special. And I, I really advise our audience to go out there and check it out. And uh, they can get that uh, on, on just Fanographics, you said, I'm sorry? Yeah, the Fanographics website and Amazon. And uh, okay. obviously, you can always go to your local comic shop and ask them to order your copy. S- support your local business. Oh, I love that. I love that. Uh, and where can our audience connect with you and all that good stuff? Uh, I have a website and a YouTube channel, both with lots of fun and exciting uh, and hopefully enjoyable uh, material for, for all of you out there. Uh, and I'm on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. All of these, my handle is Chris Wisnia Arts. Uh, that's going to be a tough one to figure out if you don't know how to spell it. Uh, I'll, I'll leave be, that to you, Uncle Dad. Yeah, it'll be it'll be everywhere. It'll be fun. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Chris, it was an absolute pleasure getting to talk about this movie with you. Um, seriously, I, I believe you can still rent it through Amazon. I don't think it's on a streaming service, though, unless you know that. I don't know. I don't know. I, I bought my hard copy, uh, you know, when it came out and I've, I've been, uh, just going back to that ever since. Is it VHS or DVD? I had it on VHS and then I got it on DVD. Yeah. Actually, before I wrap up, what was your thoughts on the VHS cover? Cause I remember that's one of the reasons, one of the things I remember as a kid is the VHS cover. Uh, you know, that's funny. Um, I never found it particularly memorable. It, it's just Mickey Rourke kind of standing crouched in a, uh, in a uh, trench coat. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And, it's like uh, a really like, I, I think, I think Mickey Rourke's or I'm sorry. I think, I think Robert De Niro's face is kind of in the background kind of subtly. But, yes. That's right. Yep. Yep. Yeah, it's it's. I think if I remember correctly, it's like it's like Mickey Rourke sitting, and then and Robert De Niro's behind him. I think, and his hand is on him. That's it. That could but be. Like, and like when you saw that back then, you know, you didn't have the internet. You didn't have anything. You just probably thought like, you know, like oh, this is just a whatever movie, right? It didn't give much away. It, Did it definitely no. didn't give away what was in store. Oh, that is for sure. Yes. Yeah. I know. I know we're being very secretive guys, but you got to go watch that film. Really. It'll, it'll kind of blow your mind. I think, I think in today's world, it, it will blow your mind for sure. Um, <laughs> Chris, thank you again. Absolute pleasure. And uh, we hope to have you back on to do your own full episode with uncle dad talks. Cannot I wait love, to have it. That would be a blast. I, I love, I love the time we spend together. Uh, me too as well. All right, buddy. We'll see you tomorrow. Mm-hmm.